June 25th. Here we go. Everyone should be so excited that it actually happens. <laughs> the podcast did, did happen. Look, I prophesied in real time. Something actually did take, take place. And um, my friend did say, I looked a little bit deflated. Yes. <laughs> the balloon has begun to pop. <laughs> Finally. Which is the only sign I needed, except that I, well, this was prophesying for, not prophesying, but picking it up for two weeks that it was this date was going to be the healing podcast. And then coming to this week leading up, none of it was actually looking like it was taking place and actually happening. happening. And so it made the week a little bit traumatizing for probably more than just me because of what we're like been standing for. And then the only thing that started to begin, what I'm like, so just going to talk like, yeah, random. I'm not going to even try to present this as professional right now. That's not going to happen because this is going to be so quick and to the point and what, what this is supposed to be about. And then Tuesday, Tuesday, something flipped. Woke up in the morning, I felt I heard you can go today. And I know, I knew what that meant. It meant I could go to my spin class. <laughs> I like I get all excited. And I knew exactly, because I just know what God meant by that, because I haven't felt good enough to go to my little special spin class. And my spin classes are not the one in the the gym. They're like in a, you feel like you're in a dance club and they're dark and they flash lights and they really loud music. And um, I went skipping into that class like I was like on it I just wanted to scream it's a party <laughs> so bad I'm like I'm gonna ride my butt off this freaking bike right now I'm gonna ride off the dang pedestal I did I felt so like excited to finally be able to do something like that again after this long and if we talking about freaking miraculous here I was dying for 15 months last month I mean should have been bedridden or I was bedridden should have been hospitalized to how severe it was on the most strongest medication up to what was that date? What was what was Tuesday was the 22nd, I think. Tuesday was the 22nd. When did I start to come out of the hell was the 13th. And I still was so bad. 13, 14, 15. I mean, up to the I mean, I was still so bad. I was so bit dizzy. I, it was hard to drive. I mean, something was being rewired 100% in my nervous system. That's what we're picking up. Like, and when I'm talking like this, it's because we sit here and try to like pray into things and like, what's Jesus do? Because this was such a weird flipping journey of what was happening in, in my body. And like, if, if God was healing every part of my body, that means from like head to toe, that means the brain, that means like the nervous system, that means everything that had been a result of my past of antipsychotics, of drugs, of abuse, of, of pain, chronic pain. And like you said, chronic pain patients, something changes in their brain, right? What did yes. you say? Um, I mean, it becomes what we call like centralized in their brain. So that... <laughs> Just holding a little closer because you whisper. <laughs> so you get, you get centralization in the brain, which means that you constantly, that your brain perceives that there's constant pain even if that area is actually healed even if like mechanically the inflammation is gone um and the tissue is healed you still experience pain because That's it's so rewired yeah it's created so this like, is a scientific thing yeah. Wow. Abnormal mapping in the brain. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that's so interesting to me. This is why I like have that you were able to like explain some of this stuff because I mean I know that they told me like when I was in rehab that because I had been on so many like opiates and pain pills like 
through drug addiction, but also because I was treated by pain doctors, pain management. I was on so many different types of treatments on top of like drug addiction, but I was also really jacked up that they told me like you just by putting so much opiates in your body, you literally change your pain receptors. Like you're changing how you're going to feel pain. So you're going to be more. And my brother says this, he says females who have like IBS. And I said this before in one of them and fibromyalgia, it seems like females always have these weird chronic things. They are the, like the most wimpiest when it comes to pain. And I would personally say it's because either people get really medicated from bad pain. And then if they don't take it, they never built up like a strong pain tolerance. So it makes sense if you're not even on opiates, you have chronic pain, like how that's gonna change the brain even differently from like somebody who is putting something that's on those receptors. You know what I mean? Like from feeling it, which is what an opiate would do, like sit on those pain receptors. Um, so, I mean, my point is, is there's had to have been more, like I don't, I never, the symptoms of being bipolar, symptoms of all that my past, mental illnesses that they tried to diagnose me with which was I mean completely demonic but I don't have I never had those anymore and stuff like that like those patterns but I I don't not believe that it did something to my brain like the tr living like that traumatized like that and then put on like so many antipsychotics you know in such a way to like turn that side of you down and like some of that stuff even that just God's been reminding me lately of just what the trauma I went through with the ex there was so much more trauma than I actually realized because I always spoke publicly and would say like okay well you know I had issues with when you get traumatized by men in this in this way and so then you know and then being pulled into doing men's ministry why it was so hard and why I saw that being so different when I would think another female would like want that because that is something that would be healing to them if they've been abused like that's where I see a lot of pe like females coping mechanisms 100% if they come from abuse sexual abuse um bad dads bad fathers bad like stuff like that they tend to go into turning a man into healing their heart and they'll end up with like either abusive men or they end up with just a guy they think is going to fix them and then that guy becomes like their idol and they're healing and then you have the very rare other females which I personally have only met like a few that did it like I did where I turn against all of it. Like I turn against that being to ever heal me because I got so traumatized by what was done to me. But then in the trauma, like I had to get treated with, you know, antipsychotic. That's the way they treated one of my, <laughs> this is where it's gonna lead. Now I'm gonna tell it what I was saying. I was gonna have to talk about that, the assault. Um, I'm just gonna go with this because this is something God's been bringing up this whole week because this week has been really freaking weird. So if this was leading up to the healing, God was saying the podcast was gonna come on the 25th for for the ones that are even gonna get to hear this. Um, that I had said this in the last one, that it was gonna come on the 25th. I felt God said the podcast was gonna hit the 25th. I did one on Saturday. I said I had enough improvement that I know something is changing, but it definitely has not been the healing. So when we get into the next week, Tuesday I wake up like that. So, um, Tuesday, I wake up like, okay, guns blazing. When I got out of bed and I felt I heard that, I was like, well, I don't feel like I have even enough energy. I hadn't felt good enough to do it. And then as I was getting up, I was feeling it. And then that's when I started, I was gonna skip my butt down to the dang spin class. Cause then I was like, oh, here we go. It is beginning. The energy is starting. And, and it is exactly what I said I was gonna do. By 12 o'clock, I was scrubbing corners. I even said it. I said, that's, when it, that's what's gonna happen. And what has encouraged my scrubbing is that device over there. You see that? Did you see me pull that out one time and start putting that gadget together? I ordered a gadget on Amazon when I was sick. And it's this long pole that's a, it's a, a charging 
thing that spins it spins a, a brush so you don't have to get down on your knees and I was like almost prophesied what I was gonna end up doing because that's what I was doing by 12 o'clock in the afternoon by Tuesday I have no idea what the heck I was scrubbing I was scrubbing corners and the weirdest places like and I was like this is what was gonna happen energy started increasing like crazy on Tuesday the 22nd then to the place where I felt a buildup God was saying Something was going to happen with me trashing my my clothes. Like, I was going to get rid of a ton of clothes after this. Just because of the trauma it's been. Um, just because of the whole thing of, like, even just God wanting things new for me. Just because of what, what has happened. And, and because of how weird I am about what I'll spend money on. And, like, I buy cheaper clothes. And I buy a lot of them. But I don't buy... I don't spend a lot of money on them. And so I felt like he was saying that. But I was like, oh, that's going to be really hard for me. Because I'm a little bit of a hoarder when it comes to clothes. Like, I have a lot. And so I, I just didn't know. So Tuesday, I felt... No, it was Monday. When did I throw out all the dresses? It was maybe Monday. I felt like he said, go to your dresses and trash every dress you've worn. Was that Monday? And it, that you've worn either in the counterfeit season or last few years, any event, anything like that, trash them. And I have, like, probably 50 dresses. And I... I trashed almost 30 of them and it was fast. I mean, I was throwing them out of my closet. And then that was when God starts showing me like some of the weird stuff of the way I dress. Like they're all maxi dresses. I don't wear anything above the knee, like very like ultra conservative in what they are, but they're ton tons of like summer dresses. Start trashing them. Then comes Tuesday. Then I feel, okay, now you're going to start trashing your closet. Like to be a female with a ton of clothes and this is not like God was just going to force me and make this like the most horrific thing to trash. Something came over me and I, all my clothes looked really bad to me. Like I saw them with this perspective that God like showed me from the trauma of what that guy did to you physically. It changed the way you started dressing back in your 20s. Ooh, God. And I did, I knew it did. I knew something happened to me in my 20s in that relationship that flipped my mind towards like my clothing and the way I dress and not that I dressed like a hooker before what's never I've always been modest like that but I wore more heels being a hairstylist and working the salon I worked in high-end salons in Orange County LA you have to be in dress clothes you need to be in heels you need to be in black or gray like you have to look a certain part always done up hair done makeup done and when when a, this specific trauma happened to me that he did that I've never shared publicly um because I honestly just never thought it was a big deal. Personally, I think I blamed myself for what he did to me. I know that's one of it. And I felt it was my fault. And I just look at real, to me, sexual assault victims as like, oh my gosh, I would never want to like steal that from them. Like somebody who had, this was a man I chose in my life. Like how could I ever like act like this was like a big deal? Like look at real people that get raped. Like look at someone who's taken off the street. Like I guess I look at that stuff so different. And I think when you share things publicly, like are you sharing it for yourself? Are you sharing it to look like a victim? Are you like, what's that? And I get really in my head about stuff like that. The being strong, never acting like it's, I don't know. Just to me, there need to be a reason I would ever share it. And I had enough trauma to not make an emphasis on that. Like, I had enough trauma to share when I have ever given my testimony to not need to go into detail of stuff like that. So I've always, but I think that God showed me that it's like I actually was like deceived under what it actually did to me and that I was so in my head lied about that like either I deserved it, it was my fault, or I was the one that invited a demon-possessed man into my life. Like, there's just so many thoughts that go into your mind. And I think the more, because I know this podcast isn't going to a lot of people. I think what God's doing in me is that when I do get to minister to sex trafficking, like ministries or, or people who are in it, like that I can understand it to 10% of what they've actually been through. And I can understand that if this happened to me in this 
time in my life that I realized the result was this bad that at 39 years old, now God's showing me, like that's crazy to me. When I've had to walk through so much crap in my life, like how much deliverance I've had to walk through, how much understanding of strongholds, how much like I have taken over ground of mental, like I am more mentally stable than someone who has a sheltered life. I am. I am warm. I know I am. I know I, I am because of what I've been through. I know that I can override my mind. I can see through stuff. I can understand this emotion is for this. This is coming out of this pain. This is like, I can navigate. I can navigate people. I can navigate my own because of what I've come through. And I'm like, if people actually understood that your trauma can make you more emotionally well than someone who's never had it. If you actually understand and navigate it without being narcissist, without being a victim, but also allowing yourself to say this was not okay. But I don't need to tell everybody because I need everybody to feel bad for me. Like you need to go to God and go, God, was this okay? Like if this isn't okay, can you tell? Like it needs to be personal. And I think that's when sometimes we can get into the flip of, of where's the victim side then versus where's you're too strong and you don't actually think that that was, could have been a real problem. You blame yourself. And I've always heard sex, sexual assault victims rape, always say, I've always heard them say it, they thought it was their fault. And what's crazy is I knew they said that, but I personally believed it was my fault. So to me, I wasn't like like them. They, it wasn't their fault, but to me, it was my fault, you know? So I like, and it's weird. I'm like, wow, I even like knew that this is what they say. And I still, still never realized that that was weird that I thought that was weird that I wouldn't even use specific words for it of what it really was. I wouldn't even call it that word. Like I would have, I just didn't ever like go there with it. Cause to me, it just, I don't know. Like you, it's that, it's that mind. And I think it's almost giving value to some of the things that maybe a female goes through but then to overwrite it like what do you take from it what do you realize was like the result of it and then i was like so then i start seeing this gearing up god has me see all my clothes holy crap all these clothes that i have accumulated were to hide protect like they all had like a thought process and agenda down to my shoes everything that i bought and i and i was looking at and everything just looked really like I was throwing, I mean, I'm at seven trash bags now and I'm going to be probably by the end, I mean, 10, I would assume by how much it's like, I'm starting to see, I'm going like, holy crap. I, and he was letting me see it. So that was the 22nd. I was feeling God was saying something was going to flip on the 23rd when it came, came to the trunk. Well, this is where the mysterious things of God, because that's hundred percent what it was, but it wasn't what I thought it was. Of course I had to go into another thing and test. So 22nd was like amazing. And I was texting like, Tons of energy is starting. It's starting. Everything's going to start. God's telling me, you need to now, like, buy, replace clothes. You don't need to buy tons of, um, tons of it. You need to spend more money, get nicer things, and, sh and I'm going to change your, um, the way you dress. Okay, if people don't understand how personal God is, oh my gosh, get to know him, people. Get out of your dang just Bible. Like, actually get to know him. Because honestly, the only reason God would do it to me at this level is because of suffering I went through. Don't just hear my testimony and go, okay, God, we're going on a shopping spree. Turn me in a metal detector. No, don't take that from my testimony. Uh-uh. Take the other side of it. Take the fact that I walked hand in hand this long with God and then see, okay, this is a reward of a friendship of like a God who actually cares that much down to my dang clothing. He cares. And not like he was like, now Sarah start dressing provocative. That's not what it was. It's not that he was changed. It was that I needed to change my mind in the reason why I dressed because the reason I made those choices was I was always in a running from men. That's what it was. And that's why these neighbors triggered me so bad. Like, I think I just got full revelation. I always saw it as I was stalked. Like I was watching windows. I was harassed at another level. 
and this is why I was so bad like this with guys. And I and now I'm realizing it was much more more than this. It was specific specifically what ingrained it into me was this assault that happened to me when I was, I guess maybe 26. It was probably a year before I was taken out of the state, and um. So then I feel like he's telling me you're gonna I'm gonna make you you're gonna I'm you're gonna do something different and I'm gonna have you change and buy different clothes and I was like okay and this is my car and I'm not sitting there with an audible voice or handwriting on the wall just so people know like I am sitting there where I get a feeling and a sensing I'm not hearing Jesus go Sarah you're gonna go to Nordstrom tomorrow and I'm going to take you to buy a dress that goes above your knees no like when you hear the voice of God, it doesn't need to be in this like, oh, talk to you. Like, no, it's like he prods you. You start getting these feelings, these wow, I start it starts making sense to me. I'm going, wow, I'm seeing my clothing different. I'm realizing you're talking to me about that assault. I realize like you're you're showing me something that took place after it happened. Because I remember after it happened, I cut my hair off, I lost a ton of weight, and I started wearing really baggy clothes. I changed even at the salon I was in because um, I started wearing clothes you're not allowed to, I got in trouble for it because I was wearing like regular black, like I wasn't wearing regular clothes. Like I stopped wearing like salon clothes and they took me in the back office and I, they knew what had happened to me. I had to take two weeks off work because it's when I got my restraining order. Um, and they heard, they heard what happened because I couldn't go to work and, and it turned into like a big, a big thing. And I had to stay at my dad, my dad's house because it, it traumatized me so bad and messed me up. So I knew that it had changed me overnight to, I lost probably 15 pounds within a week. Like I didn't eat and I went, I became like skin and bones and I started and I just was completely, I mean, what that does to a female, I am like, I don't comprehend sex trafficking victim. I can't comprehend that. And I'm like, this is why we are so sugarcoated in the United States church. I mean, what is really taking place and what the trauma really happening behind these dark doors? I can't, I'm like, if it did that, I mean, but you're looking at me, someone who was coming from so much trauma already. This wasn't like a one, one and done in my life. I had multiple traumas on top of each other, but then that was something I had never experienced because I was never promiscuous. I was not a female that was like dated a lot. I was not a, a female that was like just open like that. So to have that to have that done to you is like, and it's not that I say because you're a female's promiscuous, they deserve it. That's not what I'm saying at, at all, at all, at all. I just wonder if it may have done something really more severely dark to my mind than maybe another female that ha that was more like open or something like that because I think it just snapped something in me so bad and I never realized the result that it's even been into it's why I still get crazy on somebody like this neighbor why it made me feel so insane and like he was gonna break in he was gonna do something because well everybody wants to know what actually happened what happened was and this is so crazy because I've never even freaking told this and when I was out to dinner last night telling my friend like I feel like this is something I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to talk about I said but I you know I use the word assault and and she said you know actually Sarah I think you actually need to say the word rape <sighs> because it's gonna bring you like a breakthrough and it's not that I will ever publicly stand on stage and say it nope I will never do it if there's men in the audience 100% I wouldn't the only reason I would ever 
talk about it would be personally to females one-on-one it would not be a room that has met a bunch of i just know i know what that crap releases in the spirit realm i know what words release i know what too much detail releases it releases visuals it releases like so that word in itself is such a big word to ever use publicly like i just would never I'd never do it so i know that for this this was very specific it wasn't going to a lot of people i'm not going to hear like 20 men are listening to like he's letting me and let me use the word and because there was a reason for it it was almost like he needed me to, so when she said it I got, I totally felt it in the Holy Spirit. I was like, okay, because I needed someone. When your heart's like blocked towards certain things or you're so like my mind grounds and things, you're not going to do something that's against which a rational mind really understands. And I would need to have heard someone say that to me because my rational mind says, you never say that word publicly like that if there's men around. It's like, you don't use it. So I knew, and then I was like, okay, well, this is something that it's validating because I also think a part of me never used that word because I thought it was my fault. So why could I call it that? So, and that's what happened. And I was, it was it was it was not like pretty and uh yeah and I and uh what and what he did and so it happened in my apartment and uh, then he and he left and I don't remember this is just so bad I was bruised like all over my arms I was like you know it was oh god so crazy I'm telling this publicly ah! okay oh my gosh I'm getting like totally affected by this I think this is because I finally had to like do it um why is he making me do this right now? Can you not make me cry right now? Okay. He's not letting me. I know. I know you're crying. <laughs> and I just don't want to tell details. And he, so then he, he left Asher. I mean, I fought. I left him with like scratches on his face and stuff. And I know I did fight as much as I could. And then he, he left and then he came back. I don't remember what when it was. It was either early in the morning. I don't remember too much detail. All I remember is that I must open the door and he says, I know I hurt you last night. I brought you something for the pain. And this is what this guy would do to me. He would jack with me and like use like, and of course, like you just got that, had that happen to you. Like, yeah, like I'm wanting to numb my mind. You know what I mean? And I was in pain. And so... And then I just remember screaming and telling him like to get out and he then attacked me like he he didn't do it again he like he was a wrestler in either college or high school so I mean I got thrown behind the bed and like I'm kept fighting and I'm a little bit of a fighter and I know that like I kept coming back when he would release or like not grab me as hard or wrestle me down I would keep coming back and punching him and so I got myself more hurt because I did that and I know that if I hadn't have just like kept fighting back because he you know he jacked up my neck and he hurt me and so that is what happened that led into the restraining order that's what happened that led into me contacting a domestic violence um, with the lawyer and that did something so bad to me. I can't explain. I have never felt that much fear in my entire life what happened after those days. I've never felt like I was going to die walking outside. I've never felt like I can't even explain what that did to my mind. It mentally changed everything in my head. Like it, the demonic spirits that came through him on me through that was the worst, the worst demonizing that I had come under from him. Like it, I mean, what victims of trauma and sexual assault 
if they, if, oh my gosh, if I could minister to a room of females in this, I could get them freaking delivered of it. Like there's spirits that come through it. There's spirits that come through the men. There's spirits that come through this, the abuse. There's spirits that come through and they instantly attach. They instantly attach through, through the action. And I remember that was the first time, well, not the first time, but one of the, one of the worst times I saw something shake me violently was after that assault. And it shook me very violently in my bed. And I remember when it happened, it was so bad. I grabbed the Bible, my Bible, and I started just flipping through pages. And as I, as I was opening the Bible, I just all of a sudden got a vision of my mom in heaven and Jesus just removed the demon off of me. Like I had no authority. I didn't even know what deliverance was. I didn't even, all I could do was grab a Bible and it, the spirit, it was 2 a.m. in the morning when it happened. It comes off of me and I get a call from my dad. My dad goes, I just woke up out of my sleep. I felt something happen to you. And it was in the moment that this demon manifested and it came off of me, not from a prayer, not from, not from any, no one coming and doing it, literally being in the most demonized apartment where I was assaulted. Like, and God, literally from opening my Bible, knowing how severely this came on me from this man, it, it, it comes off of me. And if this is like one of the very few, I have so many crazy stories of what happened to me, like spiritually from, from what this guy did to me, but it absolutely paralyzed me. It changed my life. I know it did. I know it changed the way I thought, it, the way I physically looked at myself. I know it completely did, but I didn't understand to the level it did because I think I blamed myself for his abuse because I should have. Why did I? I'm a strong person. I, why didn't I get away from him? Why did I keep getting so sucked in? But I was so afraid and he kept me so bound. I mean, I hated him. I hated him. It's not like I liked him or loved him. It was nothing like I hated the guy, but I was bound by him. I was bound by that control. So I never realized to the level that this freaking did it, that it came down to my dang clothes. And when God said, I'm going to begin your trimming on Wednesday, that that was because I had to get this freaking breakthrough of, him, of this first, that I had to see that that incident changed everything in my mind towards my body and towards the way I saw myself. And I'm like, dude, you have so many females out there that literally they eat and are gluttonous to change their body because of sexual assault to make themselves look unattractive to men. You will hear that story. Have you heard it? That's one of the reasons. And then you have somebody else who then becomes, what did they do? They change it and become more like seductive and more this. And because probably because that's the way they feel the only way they could get value is if they become that way. And then maybe a man will really treat them right and appreciate them and stuff like that. And a man, when I can minister, to, when I get to minister to this thing, and I think that I just never have because I've never addressed it. I never really said this was something that really happened to me or talked about it or acted like it was a real issue or that it produced something. I always thought that the stalking and the abuse was what made me so mad, like so weird, like so weird with traumatized women. Now I know like I, why I would lock by a man, why just like walking by someone or they, a man or I felt something on him, why it would lock me in like I was a, like I would paralyze, I was paralyzed, absolutely paralyzed and hatred would come on me and this whole thing would shut me down. It's as if my body's response was the meat of that you have no value. This is what I'm just gonna take this from you would come on me to protect me. And I think that's like, that is like a side that I just constantly locked into if I felt pushed in, in anything in that way. And that main trigger came from that predator, the guy, my neighbor who peered in out my window and brought that to life. But man, that was not the time for my, my breakthrough because I was worn through something that was territorial and to where I'm gonna be able to have an authority when it comes to people who've been sex trafficked, but also because I've been through it. 
and I understand it and I understand what that does to you. So then, so then here's how, this is how God, this is how God delivers me. This is like the weirdest, if we understood God's deliverance, I did not need to go to freedom encounters. I did not need to go to a deliverance ministry. God's like, let's go to Nordstrom, Sarah. <laughs> let's go shopping. So I was like, okay, well, first of all, I was feeling like I need, I was going to have to buy all new clothes. And it was gonna change. I was like, okay. And I say things like this out loud. I talk to God like I talk to my cat out loud, just normal. I was like, okay, if you're going to, if I have to do this, you need to turn me into a metal detector at the store because I don't know how to shop that way. I don't have the mind to do it. My mind thinks differently towards clothes. So, and here's the thing. Do not take what I just said. When people just think you just can do it. No, it's because of what I freaking walk through, what I do. And that that's part of my, my gifting is that he has me discern things I can sense, I can feel, and I don't abuse it. I don't misuse it. I do it when God wants to turn it on. I don't try to act like I'm God. I don't try to act like I can just do this gifting. No, I do when he wants to do it. But in this, I request it. He knows I couldn't shop. I wouldn't understand what to buy. So it had to be annoying. It had to be highlighted to me. Let me touch it. And if I feel it, I'll buy it. So that was the agreement. And he sure did it. He just shut me down to not whip around Nordstrom Rack or the few places that I went. He just would be, I would feel it and it would be something I would never buy. And it would, I'd pull it out and I would feel, oh, get it, get it. And I mean, I'm buying, I was buying clothes that would have fit one of my legs, one of my freaking legs. <laughs> I mean, the sizes that he had me getting. Like, yeah, he even told me what sizes to get. And I was like, so it traumatized me. This was when I started getting traumatized and I started getting really sick. I was sweating. My neck started hurting in the middle. And I know what it was. It was opposition. I woke up completely opposite from Tuesday. I was like freaking on. Everything was, the healing was hitting Tuesday. And I mean, I know God just turned that on so that I'd be able to do what he was going to have me do then Wednesday. And so I woke up feeling like, oppressed like I felt the spiritual warfare on the fact that I was going to get delivered from this that that's the devil is so afraid of me ever oh he's so afraid I can't wait to travel to Turkey and visit your throne <laughs> oh you're so afraid every little thing because I'm gonna murder all your freaking minions um and so I would I could touch it but then I started getting really sick so I'd go sit out in the car and then by the realizing, like, because it was almost making me cry because I was getting, I didn't know, I just think it was because God was, like, doing something in me. That's why it was affecting me so bad. By the time I got ready, then it was to make me go to a boutique. He eased me into it. Nordstrom Rack, I could do. But a boutique, I do not shop at boutiques. I think they're very overpriced. <laughs> Look at me. I'm pointing at nothing. I'm very mad about boutiques. <laughs> I think they're overpriced. I don't necessarily always like their styles. And I just think they're really pricey. I think you could find stuff at better deals. I'm very weird on what I'll spend. Like, I won't spend over $20 for a top. The only thing I'll spend money on, maybe jeans is what I would do. And no more than like $90. I have my little, my limits. What I will do, what I'll pay. I'll pay more for shoes. That's what I would pay more for. But I'm very much like everything has my little Sarah limit. And so that's what he made me do. Go to a stinking boutique. Buy what I would never buy. And that was that boutique lady's favorite dang day to have someone like that come in because I wasn't trying on clothes. That was another thing. So no clothes being tried on to do this. Meaning I had to literally, so he wasn't gonna give me the body to try it on. He was not gonna let my mind get in the way because if I tried it on, my mind would get in the way of what he needed me to have breakthrough in. And the breakthrough would not come, the trimming would not come until I saw what happened to the way that I think in my mind. And so the boutique, um, I just start throwing crap. That was the most impressive, right? That was the most impressive. I was going around just grabbing stuff that I would not buy because I'm like, if I gotta get this breakthrough, I do not care. I will go buy an elephant. 
I do not give a crap. Like, get me this freaking deliverance. I don't care now what I have to do. I will spend as much money. Give me the dang deliverance. Like, if this is what this is. So, so that, that boutique, I start throwing stuff. And, and first of all, it's buying things I don't buy. Like, I don't wear skirts above the knee. And I haven't for years. Like, and that's weird. And it's not because, so public speaking, I would never, ever, 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 ever wear anything like that. Ever. I would never show my legs in public speaking. And I don't think any female ever should. I think that is not a few men in the audience. You don't do stuff like that. You'd be very aware of like, I'm very aware of stuff like that. So this is not me talking about ministry. And this is me talking about like day-to-day -day life. You're female. Females can wear skirts and shorts. Like, I just didn't. I just, that stuff I was just very like how... I would do it. So he was making me, and, and I'm not Amish. Like, I don't dress like an Amish person. Like, I still have, like, normal style. It's just more of a conservative, like, I just wouldn't, there's just certain things I won't wear. And um, he made me buy stuff above my knee. And, so, and, and that dress just confused me because I don't understand long sleeve dresses that are short. Because to me, it's, like, not rational. Like, if my arms are cold, wouldn't my legs be freezing? You wear dresses like that all the time. They confuse me. I've noticed that. I'm just saying. And it, they confuse me. I just, I think through stuff too much. I'm going, well, if I need them long on my arms, then why would my legs not need it? So when I had to buy that dress, because it was called date night, that's the only freaking reason, and I picked it up and I got so hit. I, had to, I was like, oh, this is a confusing dress to me, God. I do not understand this one. I don't understand long sleeve and short. I just don't. And I maybe no one's thought through that that much. Oh, I've thought through it plenty, plenty, plenty of times. I've never would have purchased a dress like that. It would make no sense to me. Anyways, anywho, that's just a side note of my confusion of dresses like that. Um, so did all that, throwing all this stuff, getting getting it all. So then I feel like okay, that was that was it. That was my breakthrough. But nope, keep going. Keep going. Then it, when I did more yesterday, I've been blowing at it because I'm like, I have whatever I have to do. Let's do it. Let's replace. I am. I've going. At, I've gone to about five or six stores. I have gotten so much dang stuff, and none of it could fit except for finally one workout top today. And I would didn't fit yesterday, but it fit today. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and that was so. Last night I was freaking panicked. Because nothing, it was that build up all this weekend. I was good Tuesday. Then I was having to do all this crap. And it was making me feel traumatized last night. It just was. I was petrified to wake up this morning. Because if God told me the podcast of the healing was today, I was petrified to wake up to not see a difference. That my hope would be deferred. Like, here we go again. And I didn't even want to go to bed last night because I was too scared to wake up this morning. I went to bed at like midnight, nervous to wake up. And when I woke up this morning at 6 a.m., I woke up and walked into the mirror. And my head just started whipping. <laughs> just started whipping that it, that, it, that it's it's here and I needed to to believe it and so he started showing me this is what you're you're gonna have to do you're gonna have to you're gonna have to say that it's here Ugh. say that it's say that it's here and it's gonna take three days and he told me it very specifically it's gonna start today it's gonna take three days and gonna be done Ugh. and um and I don't say things this confident unless I'm very, very confident. I don't. I have not given like weird detailed prophecies through all these podcasts yet. Not anything that would carry specifics like 100%. I mean, I haven't because I get scared of stuff like that. And I always put disclaimers on things. So um, this is me 100% confident. I know, I know that I know that I know what I heard today. And I know that there is a buildup these two weeks to this date for me to even do it today. But then there was going to be a test on it today because he said, I'm going to show you enough so that you know it's here, but you have to speak it out in order for it to happen. And so here's how I know. 
Here's how I know. So I was stretching. So that's one of my new things. I actually finally stretch after working out because before stretching never worked for me and it could lock me up worse. Um, so now I'm learning how to actually care for my body because I'm actually getting results when I stretch and I don't get as sore. So I was stretching and I felt I heard Matthew 8. And so I went to it. Um, and, this, I, and the way I know 100% I heard it from God is because I'll start reading of the part he wants me and I get so hit and I'll start bawling my eyes out. And that's what always happens to me. So this is, uh, this is a text all about healing. And part of this I know God wants me to talk out because I know part of this testimony for me is going to be to shift the healing theology um, that people have embraced. And like flip it and flip some of the, the scriptures they use on it to make it have a fullness on it because they have taken faith and confession and they've turned it into manipulation. They've turned it into entitlement. They've turned it into what you do for God. And they're in God showing me how the yes, confession is important. Yeah. Faith is important that this, but we're, they're removing all the, all the friendship, all the intimacy, all the suffering, all the humility, all of those other things get removed on their idea of their, their scripture that they like to teach only because it's empowered them. And because people got things from their teaching and, and it grew their audience and it grew them financially. And so they love their stupid little messages can't stop on the faith teaching and the healing teaching so Matthew 8 the first part wasn't hitting me it was a man with leprosy then we got down to the faith of a Roman officer and this is when I start bawling my eyes out and then he started showing me so it's Matthew 8 number 5 it says when Jesus returned to um Capernaum a Roman officer came and pleaded with him Lord my young servant lies bed paralyzed and in terrible pain Jesus said I will come and heal him now that actually is a question that was actually a question he put he puts it in a question form this nlt you know it's just how stuff gets translated but it's in a question for like shall i come and heal him because basically you're dealing with a, a gentile officer is a roman officer and jews rarely went into their homes so jesus asking shall i come into your home the officer said lord i am not worthy to have you come into my home just say the word where you are and my servant will be healed here's what's crazy the, a roman officer doesn't believe in the real yahweh god so their their faith in this moment is in the miraculous in the miracles of Jesus Christ, right? His faith in that moment isn't that he had a relationship with God. His faith in that moment was through just Jesus. I mean, we have a church that has relationship with God, and they their faith in that moment is to think what they can do and get from God, like what they expect, and 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 they and they're entitled. Oh Jesus, yes, come to my home. Oh, we're entitled to, to these things. Oh, we're so entitled to it. You have the humility of this officer. Can't even say he could visit his home. He didn't even feel good enough to have Jesus visit his home, yet have that much faith that if you just say it, it's going to be done. If you just say it, and you're going to have teachers take this text, remove all the humility on it, remove all of what the whole context of that scripture is, and literally just say, if you believe and say it's done, it's done in this moment. Stupid Kenneth Copeland. This is, would be one of your little magical texts, you idiot. God, I can't have one, one dang podcast where I'm not going to bully a leader. Um, and you have people that are just going to take the one thing. You're not going to take any intimacy and friendship of Jesus Christ. You're not going to take any suffering of anything that people may have gone through. You're not going to take the suffering of, of the servant was in bed paralyzed and in terrible pain. No, you're going to have a, a teacher tell you, you confess that you don't go to the doctors for a cold. You confess that you, you do this to get this. I mean, you have... The suffering of the servant was paralyzed and in terrible pain and in bed. I am like, I get it. 
This is my, I have been so dang sick and so like feeling like I can't even function life. I can't do anything. And where was my faith in that moment that I sat in it for 15 months, people. I did not get up every day and be like, oh, I'm going to confess. I'm going to play all these videos. And Kenneth Copeland, what do I do with faith? What is the, the book on healing I'm going to read? What is this going to tell me how to get this from God? How do I prove it? How do I do this? And this is what you have people doing when it comes to healing. Rather than being like, man, I'm just going to be in friendship with you, God. Man, Jesus, I just want to know you every day. What do you want to tell me today about your word? Even though I'm in pain, I'm sick, I'm suffering. I'm still going to fulfill your will. I'm not going to complain about you. I'm not going to blaspheme you. I'm not going to be mad at you. I'm not going to talk about you. And I'm still going to say good things about you. And I'm going to minister to others. How about that's your faith how about how about we teach faith being like that because we are so twisted in how we are going to get what we want from god if we take a text like this and go okay so now i'm gonna say jesus said this now i align my faith with this scripture this is how they're gonna teach it align your faith align your faith align your faith right now that jesus said and he says then jesus goes on and this is what they'll say Jesus had never seen that great of faith. Oh, to your audience. Oh, you got to have that great of faith to your audience. Oh, if you have that, you're going to get that from Jesus. It's so dang deceptive teaching. It is so formulated. It is so witchcrafty. It is so off that we teach this. Man, I will set so many dang people free who need healing when they hear this being taught. You'll be so free that you are doing something wrong, that you, God does not approve of you, that you are in sin. I will free you of so much to just grasp this. If you just grasp this. So then it goes, so he, he says why he knows this. Number nine, he goes, I know this because I am, I, I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. Then Jesus heard this. He was amazed. Turn to those who were following him. He said, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Ugh. I mean, I'm like, I want to be someone who amazes Jesus. I would like to take that out of this. I'm like, can I just take the fact that Jesus gets amazed by this person and not that this person manipulated him? That he gets amazed by someone who actually would just believe him that much and not because you're going to confess over and over again, but just because you're, you're just going to believe that he loves you no matter what. And so when I was reading this, I got really hit. I started crying. And I felt, I felt like I heard God say, I need you to say today in the podcast, I need you to say, that I have said this, I have said that you will be healed in three days. And as you say it, it will start to be done in the hour. Oh, Oof. oh, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Number 13, then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back home because you believed it has happened. And your young servant was healed that same hour. <laughs> and the young servant was healed that same hour. Um, and how I see this, I'm like, you don't have this thing having started for me three days ago. You don't have this started like, oh my gosh, if you understand the test of faith, people, it is so not so simple as people want to put it. Like it is literally obedience, sacrifice, submission, and intimacy. That is literally your test of faith. That is to prove your faith. That is to be proven. It is not just your, your mouth is just because it aligns with your heart. That's it. You're proving your heart with your mouth. You're not changing God by your mouth. You're not like, do you think, oh, I hear people say, oh, I, they would have done this, packed up, thrown out all their clothes and faith to get a new wardrobe. That is what faith people do. No, 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 no. God flipped my mind towards my clothes. Meaning that wasn't like some big old, like he flipped my mind to see in truth why. 
why did these clothes need to be thrown away? There was a purpose and a reason and a healing. And you're also dealing with someone like me who is not entitled. It doesn't just blow all this money on myself. I'm not like this girl sitting there like living like that. That's the people I'm questioning. I'm questioning if you're really hearing from God when you live that entitled already. I'm just, I'm just wondering because when God really blesses, he blesses to keep you in intimacy. He doesn't bless you to become under the world's uh, system. He's blessing you to get under heaven's system. It's a different thing in the mind that, that takes place when you're in that place with God. It is not just because this is what we have, this corruption of success being taught, this corruption of what the word of God does. Like There's so much that corrupts you that if you actually get in this lane that I'm teaching you, oh my gosh, you're going to be on a roller coaster tomorrow. Everything will become so much more easier. Your pain and your suffering will, your trials and your tests, the way you see scripture, the way you pray, the way you hear teachings, everything will shift in your mind because you put God and Jesus Christ above every single thing, everything you do. Um, and so, yeah, so I would say, I'm like, because some of these things, these are the things that I didn't like about faith theology. I didn't like that they would do this, that they would say, go do this, or say God's going to do this and it's going to happen in those days. Like, I've been so against that. And it's so interesting that God would have me do it in that lane of purity and in that lane of where the suffering leading up to it is what is what we're, we're, will release it so quick. Because his, his, his faithful to his word, but I got to tell you, this started in March 2020. And I can't tell you how many times I said, I'm hearing three days. I'm hearing three days. I'm hearing three days. For 15 months, people, do you know what that'll do to your head? Some points I started turning it, maybe it's three weeks. Three weeks. I'm hearing three weeks. I'm hearing three. I'm hearing like, and then now I'm like, and I know what three days represents. It's death to life. I mean, you have, you have, uh, you know, Jesus died on the cross at 3, 3 p.m. He was dead for three days. Um, there, there's, there's a lot more. I mean, the Trinity is three. I mean, there's, there's more when it comes to, um, I know the number three, but a hundred percent when I see, when I hear three, it's, uh, it's, it means death to life. That's what I see as like what God means when, um, it's three days because of Jesus being, being in the tomb and why that would be significant to why he would want to do a three day mark on it. But also because he, I, when I was freaking out Thursday or Friday, I like felt God like on me, like these thoughts of, well, Sarah, you're the one that spoke on Lazarus and Jesus coming late. Like I'm the one that spoke on being glorified last minute. I'm the one that said he's going to glorify it last minute. And yet I was the one in panic leading up to today when, when that's what he's been showing is like, he gets more glory when it comes last minute. If you, he gets more glory when it doesn't make sense to the rational mind, it gets more glory when it doesn't involve you, the person, except for you in obedience, he gets more glory, he gets more glory. And I would not be shocked that he even makes me do this today because I was like, well, I want to do the podcast if I'm, you know, I'm flying high and it's everything is hit and all the healing has. And, and I'm like, oh no, God's going to, going to say, I'm going to show you just enough. And I'm going to make you do, I'm going to have you do it in another test because it's going to release it when you do it. I'm the one that prayed for crazy faith. I'm the one that prayed for these things. So of course I'm going to get tested to like the stupidest level of like having to do this. This would be last minute. You're going to release it today. You're going to say it's now, it's now here and it's three days. And when this podcast ends, I'm out. Peace out. Peace out. Peace out. I'm gone. You're never it, people. The podcasts are done. I'm out. Hanging up the phone. Phone line's going dead. Burn. <laughs> Dial tone. We're done. <laughs> Three days. Okay. It's finished by the 28th. I already know it. And I already made... I, oh, and the crazy thing. Here's another thing. This is like 
God, this is my, my test in faith is that I never get things in like real time. I mean, I have led into like counterfeit dates and things for four years and words and this and that. And that's another thing. Anyone who is hearing God and you are immature in, in the word of God, you have not been tested and crushed a lot. And you think you're getting prophetic, very detailed. No, you're not. That's a demon. And here's why. That's going to steal from your intimacy with God and it's going to remove you from the test of faith. And that is not God's heart and his character and that's not the word of God. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm not saying that you could potentially hear something that could be in a detail in a moment that's going to get you through something that is very, very hard. Then, then I'm going to say, no, that, that's God. God, God will move like that. But if it's going to give you something that is actually in your mind might make you think it's going to get you to a certain place, but in actuality, it's going to remove an element of your walk with God of truth and the word of God becoming ingrained in you. That is a stumbling block. The enemy can give detailed words like that. And so like my, my test had to be this way. I had to get things in a weird, delayed, making me look shamed, making it not make sense because I had to be stripped of this stuff. I had to be, if God does speak to me in real time like he is right now, it would not grow any pride. It would not make me look at prophecy that way or his voice that way. I would never formulate it. And if this had happened to me years ago, oh, Prophecy would have been formulated. 100% would have been formulated. It would have been like the prophetic teachers, how they think they teach prophecy. It's because they've gotten too much weird, detailed words of Yahoo accounts. Like, they're getting too much detailed words. Because it's not creating it's not creating the endurance. It's not creating the mystery of God. It's not creating, like, really pursuing his heart. Pursuing his heart. I'm sorry, but giving me my, my email account is not getting me to pursue his heart. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you know what would, would have done? If you looked at me and you said, I'm, you have a stronghold in your heart towards men that came through a sexual assault, that would have gotten me deeper. That would have gotten me deeper. And so we need to start prophesying to the heart. We need to start convicting the hearts as teachers. Like we need to start doing what God does in his word. We need to start doing what he does in his word. Because the, the words that the, the freaking disciples, the teachers, the pro, they gave convicting words to the heart. They're never saying and blowing you up, fumes up your butt. We don't have them blowing flowers up your butthole. We don't have that in scripture. Where is that flower that's going up your butthole going? I don't get it. Where are we, what are we blowing up with air? Like, I'm sorry, we need to, we need to convict hearts. The conviction of the heart that exposes to bring repentance is going to change the church's life. It's going to change it. It's going to, to bring the church to, to who they're supposed to be in the fullness of Jesus Christ. And tell me one prophetic word in scripture that you find that blows a flower up the butt. I want to know. What is a detail besides a detail of a conviction of something going on in the person? Or calling out a demon, calling out a healing, calling out a conviction of a sin, calling out a lie, calling out the, what, the, what the enemies are going to do. Where Where is the... The blowing and it has no one thought this through has the prophetic not thought this through because where have we gotten this type of where have we gotten this type of ministry i'm just i'm confused because i don't see it in scripture and i don't encouraging people a hundred percent encouraging them into their call encouraging them into the things that god's doing in their life a hundred percent i'm not saying you only speak dooms gloom and hell no but whatever you encourage prophetically needs to convict emotionally and intimate intimately to jesus christ whatever it is it needs to be something that convicts and leads them to the heart like i could say i could give to somebody you know i see that god's doing this and you're gonna god is growing you in this and he has this big thing and he's gonna bring you into leadership he's gonna do this this and this but if i give that like when i gave that prophecy in the last one to glenn 
she told me I, she had never felt and desired to want to be in leadership in a computer. And she goes, and then I listened to the rest of your prophet of, of your teaching. And you said the ones called the leadership are the ones that are not going to want it. And so why was that then me prophesying that to her? It was against what she thought. So if you're going to give an encouraging prophecy, it needs to be going against a blocking on their heart, meaning it's still going to convict. But it's encouragement. It's beautiful. And I think that's where we're like flipping in these, you're going to be well-known and famous to a person who wants to be famous. You know, or you're going to do, your, your husband's coming next year to a woman who's praying every day for an idol of a husband. And now this leader picks that up through a demon and prophesies something in them. And then that next year, a man doesn't come and they blame it on God. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true, people. It's so freaking true. This is what we have going on. And so I'm like, well... My test of this word has been 15 day months, mocked and shamed, alone in my apartment, doing the weirdest thing ever. And guess what? That is me saying, Jesus, you said it. It's going to be done. I'm just going to walk away. You don't got to come to my home. You said it. Like, that's what I'm doing there. I am not twisting scripture. I am not taking it for my own. I endured in the pain and suffering to get the reward. And I know God has said, oh, if you even know the reward of this. Oh, when the high level of pain, if people understood pain, and suffering through your walk that God has for you. If we understood the reward when you do it and walk through it, when you don't blaspheme God, when you don't turn into a narcissist, when you don't turn away from him, when you don't throw in the towel, when you actually get through the other end, oh, there's very few people that finally can get, there's a lot of people that give up before, before due time. They give up. It becomes too hard. I mean, my friends were traumatized by this why what happened to me i i know it i know friends are traumatized i mean it made people question like what on earth this god this makes no sense this is so crazy and i mean i know i felt crazy i know i'm sitting there going well i just know every man every person in this world has failed me but god so at this point i'm not gonna listen to my family i'm not gonna listen to mockery i'm not gonna listen to leadership i'm not gonna listen to theology i'm gonna listen to jesus christ and his work and at that point it's done i have nothing else to do if i'm dying and sick i don't know what to say like i have nothing else to hold on to you and so i just know it's here i know it's gotten to this point as a buildup of two weeks i know it picked up the date i picked up the 27th and that's my thought so this date on the 27th was already um, because when I was picking up this date and told one of my, my girlfriends, like, okay, I feel like this date, I'm feeling it, but I was not bold enough to go book a whole like thing because I was too nervous, too scared. Like I just was like, I've had too many things happen like this. So she did it. Um, and she did it and then like surprised me and she booked a whole spotting on, on the 20, on the 27th. And I got to tell you, I was so dang nervous going, I was like planning, are we going to have to cancel? Are we going to do this? And then when I wa woke up today and saw, I was like, oh, no, it's here. It's here. This is going to happen so dang fast. It's going to happen so dang fast. Watch. When I turn off this podcast, I'm going to look skinnier. I just know it. I just know it. I know it. I'm going to be like, oh, well, looky there. Look at my arms. They look so toned. It's going to happen. Just watch. Just watch. I'm going to prove this. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like I'm done at 50, 53, 53 minutes. I'm ready to get the heck out of Dodge. I'm done. I'm over it. I'm over my life. I'm over this apartment. I'm just over. I need to be finished with this life that I'm currently in right now. <laughs> and when my healing hits, I'm going to be on a roller coaster next week somewhere. I'm going to be on some roller coaster and I'm going to get roller blades. I'm going to roller blade on the beach. What else am I going to do? I'm going to go like jump out of an airplane. I should jump out of an airplane. That should be another one. I'm going to have a list, people. Oh my gosh, I can't even fathom what I'm going to start doing when the 28th hits. 
Oh, I felt so strong. And the funny thing is 2019, I had a dream. I woke up one morning, fell asleep, woke up, and I saw a calendar and it was highlighted June 27th and 28th. That was two years ago. And those were the release of the counterfeit season two years in. What the devil? He did it. He did it on time. He did it for me. He confirmed his word. Four years ago, I stood in confusion of what on earth is happening to my life. Why are these things happening? They don't make sense. This isn't, it, it was not working the way it's supposed to work, yet you're anointing it. What is happening in my life? Why are things so specific and, and then symbolic in his word on dates and like doing this thing? Oh, because the test of faith. Oh, the test of faith. Oh, these faith healers. I'm going to smack your face. When I go public, smack your face. I'm gonna write a book. Smack in the face of a faith healer. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna be done. This is how I get all my aggression out. I get all my aggression out. I'm gonna fight. Fight a recorder. Okay. <laughs> all right, this is done. And I'm gonna disappear. No, I'm disappearing. <laughs> like a magic trick. I came and I went for 30 teachings and writing a curriculum. I just, I have no plans. I'm finished with this. I feel like I'm hanging up a phone. I feel like this is done. Saying it's finished by 28th and I'm out. I better not be back tomorrow. I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> I'm gonna be pissed. I'm gonna be so mad if I'm like, I got another podcast. I'm gonna be so mad. No, I feel like I'm done, but I never know. I feel like I get done. I feel like I'm done. Okay, goodbye.